Listening to Smart Guy, Dumb Guy. I'm Johnny Morrison, and as always, with us on this illustrious new day is our co-host Christian Surge. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Hey, Johnny. Hey, man. What do you think of the song? I I genuinely like the song. My favorite moment is uh, my favorite moment of the song is when the uh, whistling starts. Isn't that cool? That's super dope. Like genuinely, very very cool. <laughs> Are you whistling? <laughs> No, I did um, guitar on it, and at the very end, and then during the break, you'll hear this little bits of guitar, and then vocals, all the backup vocals. Oh, sweet. Um, but he did the whistling. He, um, Everybody loves that part. They're just yeah, it's like, cool. I'm like, yes, I want to whistle with it. Yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun like, uh, vibe break, because like, the vibe is like kind of heavy, and then that moment, it like jumps up to being something more like a beat feeling. It's a cool vibe. Yeah. Did you know that in history, there's only been like uh, 10 songs in history, modern history, that have hit like number one on the charts that have a whistle in them? Huh. I did not know that. Uh, Winds of Change by Scorpions was the last one I remember. Oh, interesting. Did you you listen to the podcast about Winds of Change that just came out recently? No. Uh, so there's a, there's a, there's a bit of a conspiracy, you'll love this. There's a conspiracy theory that actually has some really good evidence behind it, that Winds of Change was an FBI funded propaganda song. What? So a journalist, I think the, I think the podcast is called Winds of Change. It's great. Like, uh, it's like six parts or something, all trying to investigate the evidence of whether or not it really is a FBI propaganda song. It's, <laughs> it's, you'll love it. It's a, it's an awesome series. I've got to go do that now. That sounds great. How you feeling today? I'm doing pretty good. I, you know, the cities are still standing. The, the, there's no insurrections or uh-huh. nobody was shot. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. The bar is so low. Isn't it? <laughs> I'm pretty good because there was no terrorist attack, insurrection, murder. Yeah, pretty good, actually. You know what? You bring up a very good point. The bar is low. Our, our, our leader, previous leader now, mm-hmm. thank goodness, uh, really did set the bar low. Mm-hmm. And, and that, uh, that is a shame. I'm just re- rethinking of what I just said. No one was shot. There was no insurrection. I felt inspired. Uh-huh. I think you had a pretty good day today. Wow. Well, hopefully, you know, hopefully the bar is raised uh, just a little higher from here on out. Just like a little bit, you know? You know, my impressions were, uh, I thought, number one, uh, the, the baby, the losing guy didn't show up. And mm. we knew that. But isn't it like when you're in, uh, you know, grade school and primary school and you don't get picked for the team. And then there's always that one kid who likes to want to sabotage mm. that part of the game. I feel like that's Donald Trump and was Donald Trump. And even before the inauguration last night, uh, my family and I, we sat down and we uh, turned on Fox News, and that is not something that we do constantly. Just a Tuesday night surge family activity. (laughs) Yeah. Tuesday night, let's turn on Fox News, see what they're saying about tomorrow. And I thought it was really interesting. They played Trump's 
uh, concession speech. And again, it was full of just flat out non-facts and lies. Uh, for example, uh, you know, we're going to continue to help uh, the everyday working man, just like every every time we've always done it kind of a thing. And I'm like, wait a minute, you gave companies the biggest, one of the biggest bailouts ever. Mm-hmm. You're not helping us. The stock market is screaming and the economy is in wasteland. Mm-hmm. How is that possible? I thought that was interesting. And then at the very tail end, he said something that I think is really scary and really horrifying is this is not over. Mm-hmm. And so it left me feeling, you know, all doom ridden and just like, oh man, can we just get rid of this guy? Mm-hmm. And then even the Fox News correspondents were like, well, Melania Trump tried to say it, but it actually wasn't the truth. So even Fox News was saying that. Yeah, that's how you know something is weird when Fox News is fact checking. <laughs> Did you get a chance to watch Donald Trump's concession speech or, or any of the send off, send out? I didn't watch any of the Donald Trump concession speech. I read... I read some of the takes from it and have like read some of the preparations they made for the send off this morning. Um, but I, I just couldn't bring myself to like watch his concession speech and or care about his uh, send off from the White House. Uh, I did think it was funny, though, that I, I heard um, you got an invitation that included a plus five for the send off this morning, um, which I think is a really funny a funny reveal about how popular your send-off is if you have a plus five on an invitation. Oh my gosh. He sent that out? Yeah, it was like people who were invited could bring up to five guests. Wow. Because nobody wanted to go. Well, I mean, like, and even even in, like, just, like, barring all of the things that Trump is, it was at, like, 6.15 to 7 is when you had to get there. So it's super early in the morning. It's in the middle of COVID. Like COVID rates are higher than they've ever been. We have a new strains that are like spreading even more uh, than the old one. Like nobody wants to be there. And so they were having trouble getting people to the to the send off this morning. I'm very happy that uh, Trump is, is out. And I, I don't know. I, I welcome someone, uh, a conversation with someone that would help me understand how it is that people believe that he wasn't div- divisive hmm. and... Uh, just built this uh, section of if you disagree, you must battle mm. and texting on the toilet. You know, it's just the what a measure of a leader or a president should be. He took it and flushed it down the toilet. And I, uh, I'm, I'm excited for the potential uh, rebuilding of mm. what this office could be uh, for someone who actually cares about people. Did you... Uh- did you watch the, so we're recording this on the day of the inauguration. So did you watch the inauguration or listen to the inaugurations today? I did. I, um, I did. And I was really moved by it. Uh, I think it's a, it's a bold man that can stand up and get emotional. Hmm. It's a bold man who can stand up and, and not just yell for two or three or four or five or 20 minutes mm-hmm. who can kind of bring it down and be like, Hey guys, democracy is fragile at mm. this hour. My friends though, democracy has prevailed, right? Mm. Like he's been seeing, he like he's been seeing it. I just, there's so many things that he said. I, I thought one of the really cool things that he said is that he kept saying, we're a great nation. We have much to repair. We have much to restore. We have much to build. We have to reject a culture of lies and and hold those accountable who 
perpetuate them. And I, th- I think that's really important. Yeah. I really liked both. Uh, this is like not a substantial, but I really liked both Lady Gaga's rendition of the national anthem. And then <laughs> I like JLo's song. And I, and I, and I think the most moving part, this might be dumb, but the most moving part to me of the whole inauguration is when JLo started speaking in Spanish. Um, oh yeah. I thought that was, a, that was a great moment. Um, so I thought those moments were cool. Uh, I thought Garth Brooks trying to lead like a worship set was weird and I wish he wouldn't have done that. But I, I thought his rendition of Amazing Grace was was pretty. I just, I didn't need to be told to sing along with the worship leader. <laughs> I've never seen him without his hat off. So I was still, I was sitting there watching his head move around thinking he's got hair. <laughs> who is this guy? guy? He's got hair? Yeah, who is this guy? <laughs> And then maskless, he's hugging everybody as he leaves. I think that's why everybody was laughing. He's hugging the Obamas and the Bushes. Oh, funny. Yeah. Things like that. So I think those moments were fantastic. Yeah, it was great. Oh, and uh, Amanda Gorman, the youngest poet laureate in the United States. I thought that was her poem was awesome. She was like amazing up there. It's awesome to see uh, poetry, spoken word. Uh, you know, we had Micah Bornay on one of our shows, right? And so mm-hmm. hearing that's something that I love. And so when I heard that, I was just enthralled the whole time. And then, you know, watching Kamala Harris and seeing a few of those cut twos of Mich- uh, Michelle Obama mm-hmm. uh, was really cool to see a sisterhood that I don't really share a part of because I'm a man, but just to see that that is taking place mm. is really made me proud, made me feel like we've made a step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. I think like a couple of things like, yeah, Amanda Gorman was awesome. Uh, I've liked, like there's been a lot of, you know, poet laureates in the United States. Like, and I've liked those poet laureates, like Billy Collins was a poet laureate for a long time, but he's like an old white guy. And I love Billy Collins poems, but like juxtaposing Collins and Gorman was kind of an amazing moment. Um, Cause Gorman was so awesome. Uh, yeah. The, the moments with Kamala Harris are awesome. Super powerful to see her sworn in to see what that means for our country. Powerful to see like, you know, the sitting president's there. Carter couldn't be there because Carter is very old, Uh, but still like to have that legacy there is really powerful. Uh, Yeah. Some, some moments that were really, really good. Uh, Was there, was there anything though? So I have some thoughts. (laughs) Was there anything that you wish you would have seen or that you were disappointed in? I feel like I've been a bowl full of like cream of wheat that's been sitting on the table waiting for (laughs) it. And it's kind of gotten cold and clumpy, but I was so hungry that Mm. I just swallowed it down without any criticism. I have very few criticisms. I do wish I could have seen uh, Kamala speak. And maybe I kept thinking, did I miss it? Did I miss it? Mm. Um, And I know that's probably not typical to -hmm. have that, but um, I missed people, but I'm sure you have something you missed. I was getting emotional with Joe Biden's speech. I've been waiting for just a, a man who likes people. I like people. Sure. And even though, I, you know, like even though Tony says I'm the guy who always disagrees or the guy <laughs> who always has the, um, you know, the opposite things, things to say, I love people. I yeah. love talking to people. I love feeling uh, their soul and their spirit. And I, I love knowing about what their story is, where they came from, how they arrived here, um, you know, how, you know, I, I just, I love, I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I think there was some really inspiring moments. Uh, it was very encouraging overall. I totally agree with you. It's nice to see, um, an administration that is attempting to posture itself with dignity. Um, I, I those are great moments. I will say like, I think 
Biden's speech was fine. Uh, I think Just after fine. it was fine. That's what I would say. I mean, I think I think after the Trump administration, maybe that's what you want. Maybe that's what you need, which is why Biden was elected, is that he is this like sort of moderate-ish, safe candidate who has a different temperament than Trump. So I get it why he's a powerful choice. But I do think there should have been um, a larger indictment against uh, some of the things that had happened under the Trump administration and then connected to American history generally. Like, we, he recognizes mm. racial injustice in the United States. I, I think he should have pushed that so much more. I think this is the moment where it's like, we have acknowledged this year in the protests that happened in the summer and Ahmaud Arbery's death and George Floyd's death and Breonna Taylor's death, like the America at a new level has a consensus around racial injustice and police brutality that should have been named. I think like indigenous rights should have been named, like whose land they were on should have been referenced and named. Um, I, and I wish this is the other thing. I wish that some of the American exceptionalism would have been toned down. Like uh, it's nice to say that America is a good country, but I don't think that naming that America is a great country justifies then that we have the moral ability to transcend above it. Like if we look at our history, it's not great. And so like, what is America? Why is this exceptionalism, this national narrative of that we're better than this? Why does that help us in some way? It feels like we need more American realism at some level. We elected Donald Trump. Um, so I wish that I, I think there'd have been more balance. What are you not a patriot or something? I guess so. <laughs> you named some things. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Uh, gosh, you're you're always so smart. I just like, oh, this is so awesome. It's just, I did need the speech that he gave, but I sure. now that I hear what you're saying, yeah, there are there were missed moments. That that is a missed moment, and I can only imagine when he said. My mom would always tell me to step, to take a moment and step in someone else's shoes and mm. actually feel what they're feeling. I think he said that in Delaware yesterday, but yeah, I, I can't imagine what it would feel like to watch, you know, he's the guy that we all have hope in and then have him not address those things more powerfully. Yeah. I mean, I, and you could make an argument that this is not the moment for it, you know, that the statement needs to be something different, but those are things that I wish I had seen. I'm just you know. flying high here on like this butterfly path. I have very little like opposition <laughs> in <laughs> today's thing. Just because like, like yeah, I'm for it. Yeah. Here's here's what he's here's a quote. He said, uh, hey, we need to let us listen to one another, hear one another, see one another, show respect to one another. I thought those were great words. Hear and see one another. Like that alone could change mm -hmm. the world. Just like yeah. we were talking about last episode. Bring insurrectionists into our home and try to love them. Yeah. He said, politics need not be a raging fire destroying everything in its path. Every disagreement doesn't have to be a cause for total war. And we must reject a culture in which facts themselves are manipulated and even manufactured. We can be different than this. Mm -hmm. I thought that was inspiring. And I, yeah. I know it, it, was a big, it was a big statement. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I do think it's inspiring. I'm not trying to like say that it wasn't. I think like my my friend uh, John, who you know, kept referring today as a new year. Like this is actually the new year. Uh, <laughs> and I get it. I think that's true. I think in a lot of ways I feel that. Just, you know, I, you know, I feel like we have a podcast for a reason. So I got to name some things on there that I really <laughs> wished I had seen. So in the inauguration speech, it feels like it sets the vision for the president's administration. So what do you think are some of the important things that need to come next, maybe in the most like immediate 
like aftermath of this moment as, as, as Biden is getting into the swing of things, like what are some things that you're hoping for? Some things that you think need to happen really fast? Um, anything sure. comes to mind? Round up the insurrectionist children and separate them from their families <laughs> for about three, four weeks, oh, and man. then ask them some questions, interview them, see how they feel. Okay, great. Just starting off strong. Yeah, when I didn't have oppositional uh, blood in my body today, I think I was wrong. That really, that question just set me off. Uh, <laughs> I am totally kidding. No, I, th I think uh, next steps, uh, I like his position on, hey, Congress, do your thing with Donald Trump. He's a bum. Uh, don't let that hinder the future. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I'm hoping that he really pushes to that. If that means he needs to tweet on his toilet, hopefully we don't know that. But <laughs> if he does, uh, hopefully he can, you know, press everyone to really get in and dive into that, uh, to name his cabinet members and to start on climate change. I mean, he named some of those things he wants to start with, right? Yeah. Getting hundreds of million viruses. To me, wow, if we could get 500 million vaccinations in the next uh, month, if I can get that vaccination, I'm, wow, I'm waiting in line. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah, there's a handful of things, right, that he said he was going to do in the first little bit because they're like executive order things. So like rejoin the Paris Climate Accord um, is like an immediate thing. Roll back some of Trump era's uh, like environmental deregulations to put back in it where like Obama regulations um, to get rid of the Muslim ban that Trump put in place. There's a handful of things that will happen like immediately following it. Um and then I think I think I saw something that he is sending to Congress immediately uh, an, an immigration plan with a path to citizen for um, mm. like folks who are here already. So I think there's a few things that he's named that he'll do pretty quickly, uh, which which feels kind of encouraging. I think similar to that, like seeing an emphasis on pr police reform like pretty much immediately would be a huge win. I, I think especially he has to do that because part of the momentum that brought Biden to the white house was a rebuke of the previous administration's policy on police justice. And so then for yeah. that to start moving out immediately feels really important as, as well as filling cabinet roles, um, re beginning relationships with our like allies abroad, maybe not maybe like cooling down some of the relationship with dictators would be a good thing too. Yes. Uh, yes. I, I'd be interested to see, um, I would be interested to see if what he does around um, the Iran nuclear deal, like, are we able to get back in that? Because um, Iran has begun to process um, like nuclear goods at like a higher level than they were allowed to under mm -hmm. the nuclear deal. But we totally backed out of the deal. So like, are we able to get back into that? Are we able to like, what what comes out of those things would be interesting to see in the next couple of like maybe a hundred days or so. I'm stoked to see um, his wife, Dr. Biden. Mm -hmm do some stuff for our schools. That was really mm -hmm. solid. And uh, I can't wait for that. I love when politicians are plain spoken individuals and show a little bit of human integrity. That's why I like Bernie Sanders. I even like President Bush. I know that a lot of you guys didn't. And his policies were rough. And that's when I made the switch from Republican to Democrat. But I really liked that he was 
plain spoken. If, if, if a media guy was trying to lead him on a question, he'd say, no, you know, that guy, you're trying to lead me on that question. Instead of telling me what you want me to say, why don't you ask me the question? I'll be happy to answer it. Right. He, he had some sort of, or he'd go, listen, uh, you know, I, he'd go, listen, here's, here's the deal. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to try to make the best decision we can. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Biden has a lot of that. He would, he, you know, I love it when he goes, folks, listen, I get it. Right. He even said it in his speech. I get it. The answer isn't to turn outward or into retreat, right? He's like, the, the answer is to have some humility. It, the answer is to like, like we got to end this uh, uncivil war instead mm-hmm. of like fight against it. Like we got to take our, our hearts and unharden them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I just like, I like the way he spoke. He showed a little yeah. tolerance or humility, you know? I don't know much of those deals. And when, when, you, when you're talking about like the, the Iran deal and the Paris, the peace and the, like, I'm like, yes, I've heard of those and I like those. And yes, we need to be in those. I thought it was dumb to be out of those. We need to be in those conversations, but I, I probably should do more research, <laughs> but I'm excited also for um, Kamala to possibly step up for mm. president in the next four years. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I, that's, that's a good place to turn this conversation to, which is like um, what comes next. Cause like, I think, that's an interesting point, which is that Kamala Harris is set up to be the leader of the Democratic Party. If, especially if Biden actually only is a one-term president, as he's like mentioned in the past, that he would be a one-term transitionary president. Does that mean that? that I mean, Kamala is set up to be the leader of the DNC, but does that play out the way that they think it's going to, or? do we hunger even more for a more progressive candidate in the future? I think that'll be interesting to see. Um, and then, and then to your point about like doing the research on the policies, like I think that's the, for us who are more, who feel a sense of relief with Biden being elected. I, I, th- I still think that the f- we have to stay on our game in terms of what we care about. Yeah. And because I think the political machine has a way of subsuming even the best intentions Right. Like I love Obama, but like Obama's drone policy was horrific. Right. Right. Obama's first term immigration policy was horrific. Uh, So like there's a we are it is incumbent upon us as people who voted for Biden, I think, to stay on Biden's ass as much as possible for the policies that we care about. um, You know, recognizing that the way the political machine works is that it can move best intentions towards uh upholding the continuity of existing systems. I hope that we, all of us Americans uh, can go ahead and, and uphold those systems, the good ones and, mm-hmm. and, and change the bad systems. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. too simpleton? No, I think that's good, man. That's, that's the, that's a way to frame the hope right there. <laughs> Biden said, and this is my, one of my favorite lines. He said, there is truth and there are lies, lies told for power and profit. And I was like, what's he going to say next? He said, and each of us has a duty and a responsibility as citizens, as Americans, and especially as leaders, leaders who have pledged to honor our constitution and protect our nation, to defend the truth and to defeat the lies. And I think that is even more true today. We really need to hold Biden accountable Mm -hmm. for the truth and the lies and question whether he's telling these, uh, if he's telling the truth or if he's telling lies, what's he telling it for? Profit and power? Right. And if he is, let's change that. Yeah, I, that's totally right. And we've talked about this a lot on this show. Like my conviction is that change comes from the bottom, not the top. And so uh, I think it's really fair that we all breathe a sigh of relief now that Biden's in office. But like that conviction doesn't change. 
change still comes from the bottom all the way to the top. And the top has a way of turning that change into something that is more useful for upholding what already exists. It doesn't like the change. It doesn't like to release power. And so like, it doesn't mean that we have to be hateful. We shouldn't be, we should like fully enveloped in an ethic of love, but pressing on those systems from the bottom up the same way that we learn to do in the four years of the Trump administration. Right. Well, I hope we can all do that. Hope you all like the new song. Thanks for joining us. Our regular show comes uh, every Monday morning and we will have an episode this Monday morning. Please join us and share this with a friend and Mm -hmm. we hope to hear from you. Keep having those conversations, people, and thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. What you want, I can't give it to you. Your false state, your false state. What you want, I can't give it to you. Your false state is blowing my mind. What you want, I can't give it to you. Your false state, your false state. You have been listening to a Smart Guy and a Dumb Guy production. A podcast exploring culture, current events, and politics from both sides of the intellectual spectrum. See you next time.